Welcome to Canada's most irreverent talk show. This is The Andrew Lawton Show, brought to you by True North. Welcome to The Andrew Lawton Show, Canada's most irreverent talk show here on True North. We kicked off our coverage of the Conservative leadership race, I guess a couple of weeks ago, but the real meaty bits of it, as we talked to the candidates, we kicked off last week when I had Pierre Polyev on for a pretty lengthy discussion. I think we talked to him for about half an hour. And as I've mentioned, we're going to talk to all of the candidates as they launch. We've extended invitations to all of them. And I'm very pleased to be joined today by Jean Charest, the former Liberal Premier of Quebec, which we'll talk about, and also the former leader of the Federal PC party, which we'll talk about. So obviously a, a long history in Canadian politics. Very pleased he's joining me now, having launched his conservative leadership campaign in Calgary last week. Jean, good to talk to you. Thanks very much for coming on today. Thank you, Andrew. I'm delighted to join you at True North. So this is, I think, a big question for a lot of people. You've obviously served in politics before, federally and provincially, going back uh, several decades at this point. Why now? Why is this the moment that you want to come back and to this position, leading the federal conservatives? Boils down to one word, Canada, the future of Canada. My whole life, Andrew, you know, the common theme of my whole, not just my political life, but my life has been the ideal of Canada. I'm among those who think that we won the lottery of citizenship in the world to be and live in this country. And uh, I see a country that's way below its potential, but I also see a conservative party that I know and, uh, and that I grew up with, by the way. I mean, that's the party that I grew up in. My father, my grandfather, my great-grandfather, conservatives. And, uh, and, and I see a political party that isn't living up to the... Uh, what the Canadians want as a national political party that needs to get itself together on, uh, on preparing itself for the next election campaign to unite itself. And I, I have that firm belief that I'm the person who can do that, who can, who can make that happen given the experience I have. So that's, that's why I'm running. And there's a number of issues I care about, you know, conservative values I espoused all my life, wherever I was, including in Quebec politics. So, so I'm uh, I'm looking at this race and I, I, what I'm picking up, by the way, Andrew, on the street and talking to members, a lot of the comment is about we need an adult in the room is what a lot of what I'm hearing. And a lot of the membership of the party are tired of losing and they want us to get organized. They want a leader who's going to bring us together on one, you know, under one tent, focus on the campaign and win a majority national government. And my ambition, Andrew, I'm not, I don't have a small ambition here. This is a government in which Alberta and Saskatchewan are at the table, not outside looking in, but shaping policy and where Quebec is at the table and where we and this is a very much a conservative, by the way, value our view of federalism or respecting jurisdictions. And I, I'm sorry if I'm going a bit long, Andrew, but I, I do want to add one thing. One thing I think I would bring to this is the experience I have at both levels and the ability in Ottawa it would be a breath of fresh air have a prime minister who actually knows how the federal system works and how to make it work to get things done, big things done. So that's part of what I would bring to all of this. 
the the federal party that you led, the Progressive Conservative Party, no longer exists, at least not in that form. The provincial party you led, the Quebec Liberal Party, is a party that a lot of conservatives didn't feel, ultimately, like they had a home in, which is why we've seen Quebec politics uh, welcome new parties into the fold in, in the time since you were there. What makes you think that you have a place in the Conservative Party of Canada in its current form, and, and that the members of that party will, will find that you resonate with their values for the party and for the country you know political parties are living institutions they're not static they don't they're not they don't just uh, in time sort of be what they are and then they don't and and look at the story of the conservative party from the conservative liberals under uh, sir john a mcdonald way back when i mean all the way to the progressive conservative party reform party the alliance the merger and the conservative party where it is today so the political parties and their leaders, by the way, leave a mark on the party, and they they're and when you take over the leadership of the party, Andrew, you you assume that past, and your job as a leader is to be a fiduciary of the party. You don't own the party, and to grow it, and to make it make it a force based on the values that you share. Same is true for the Liberal Party of Quebec. When I went to Quebec, I mean, when you you hear this ridiculous argument that Chad it would be a liberal, I mean, come on. I mean, you'd have to, you'd have to have been living on planet Mars, not to know that I was in, you know, pressed to go to Quebec to lead the Federalist forces in Quebec to fight the uh, the separatists. And the Liberal Party of Quebec was the coalition of Federalists, still is in good part, by the way. So that's it. Much like I'm in British Columbia, I'm talking to you from British Columbia, much, much as the Liberal Party in British Columbia is a coalition. So that's where the parties are at. And I know that, for example, I have a lot of respect for what Stephen Harper has accomplished as prime minister. He, uh, you know, he ran a pretty solid economy. This isn't a detail. If Mr. Trudeau was able to spend as much as he spent, it's because there was a government before him who gave him all this maneuvering room to actually be able to go out there and spend a load of money. And, uh, and now, though, we're coming out of COVID. Now we need a government that's going to bring some order to all of this, focus on economic growth and focus on the things that conservatives really believe in. You did when you were Premier of Quebec and Stephen Harper was Prime Minister. I know you did butt heads on on certain things. So just let me ask you, have you voted in in the last three elections for the Federal Conservative Party? Yes, I have. I have. I voted for the Conservative Party. It's my home. It's where I'm at. And, you know, Mr. Harper and I, again, I have a lot of respect for him, but there are times where you disagree. And that's fine. That's okay. You know, when I reduced taxes after a federal transfer, in 2007, Mr. Harper and the government of the day didn't agree with me, which I found to be highly unusual at the time. I mean, actually, I mean, really, I thought, you know, conservative government doesn't agree with Charest reducing taxes, which is what I did. And, and there were other instances where we disagreed. In 2005-06, when he was running, I gave an interview that gave him a big boost in that campaign about the federalism that he was proposing, saying as Premier of Quebec that this is something that I thought was good. I wasn't trying to put my finger on the scale for, I was just saying what I thought was good for Quebec and good for the country. And I never, I'm among those that never thought that being a premier of a province means you're, 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 you're contradicting the interest of the country. I mean, it's this thinking that you can either be one or the other, frankly, is pretty childish. The real challenge is to how do we align our interests together to, to do things together? The, 
there, there are three things here, and I'm trying not to make this seem like a barrage, but three consistent concerns that a lot of conservatives have raised about your candidacy that I want to let you explain in your own words. And one of them uh, is your connection to Huawei. And I know you commented on this in uh, your at your launch in, in Calgary. And the other is your previous support for the long gun registry. And the third is your support for the carbon tax. Now, I, I want to give you time to do this, but let's start on Huawei because the Conservative Party of Canada has taken, generally speaking, a, a very firm position against the the Chinese government and against Huawei and uh, was very critical of a lot of what China did throughout that. So how do you defend your record in the private sector advising Huawei with what the Conservative Party and I think a lot of Canadians expect from a relationship with China and companies connected to the Chinese state? Well, Andrew, and that's an important question. And by the way, I have I'm very proud of the extensive private sector experience I have. And, you know, in the last 10 years, I've worked a lot in the private sector with very uh, interesting files at the, the highest level. I've never... Re- and you said you were proud of your work with Huawei specifically, did you not? I want, to, I want to answer very directly your question. I worked... I did not represent the Communist Party of China. I worked so that we could secure an agreement that would bring the two Michaels home. That's what I did. I worked with Vina Najibula, who is the spouse of Michael Kovrig. We talked over the phone several times so that we could do everything possible to square away this issue and bring the Michaels home. And I'm very proud of that. I'm not, I'm, I'm not apologizing for that, not a minute, because I think that's what you do when, uh, when you have this kind of responsibility and an opportunity to be helpful to your country. So that's what I did. So, and, and then on, I never shied away, Andrew. You know, I, I was on a panel after, this was before the leadership race in Montreal. And I said very clearly what I thought of what this uh, situation was with the Michaels. It was a government sanctioned kidnapping. That's what it was. Yeah, there's no other way to describe it. And I'm, I never shied away. And this is before you and I talked and this leadership race come up. So I've, on the, on the issue of China, I've never shied away from saying what I think and what I believe, and that's the way I'm going to be as the leader of the party and as prime minister of the country. And let's turn to the long gun registry, if we can. This is, again, even the liberals have have not proposed to reintroduce the long gun registry, given the colossal failure of a policy and and the costliness of of that as a policy. As Quebec premier, you supported it. What's your position on firearms? Well, I was in the House of Commons when this long gun registry was being proposed and it was going to go to New Brunswick. And I remember very well us saying to the government at the time, you are going to just bust the budget on this. It is going to cost a fortune and it's not going to be as efficient as you actually think it is or you're purporting that it's going to be. That was in 1997 when I led the party in the election campaign in 97. Now, it ended up being that. When, uh, excuse me, when the Harper government decides to dismantle it, the police forces in Quebec say to us and to my government, uh, if they're going to dismantle it, we would like to recuperate that information and put it into our our system. And that was the position we took. We thought that made sense. It's there anyway. Money's been spent. So if it's spent and the information is there, then we should transfer it over and it'll be done. Government of the day didn't agree with that. Well, that's fine. But that was the position we took. And where is your stance now? Because uh, firearms owners have been very critical of, of restrictions that Justin Trudeau has put in place. In the last election, the Conservatives had proposed, proposed to roll that back. Is that something you would do as Conservative leader as well? 
And, you know, the, are you surprised, Andrew? Is there anyone uh, who is, you know, listening in or surprised that the liberals are keep taunting uh, the conservatives on this issue? I mean, this is the oldest movie in the world, really. They keep coming back to it. Now, uh, what I see in both Toronto and Montreal in particular is a real issue of uh, handguns and illegal entry of land guns. I'll tell you something I think the conservatives should do is invest resources and money at the border to be able to stop the fact that uh, handguns are coming in illegally in the country. If we want to deal with the real issue, that's where the problem is. It isn't up in northern Saskatchewan that uh, we're having a problem with this. That's where the real, real issue is. And that's where I put, put the efforts of the Conservative government. Would you, would you roll back any of the restrictions that Justin Trudeau has put in? Well, we wouldn't be putting in any new restrictions for sure. And we would look seriously at what has been put in to make sure it makes common sense for Canadians who live in rural areas and who have nothing to do with the violence or the, you know, the sad stories we see in, in urban areas. So let's, let's just use common sense. But it speaks, as you know, Andrew, it speaks to a real divide. This was the case in 1997 between rural Canada and urban Canada. Why is it that we can't make a difference? We can very well make a difference, distinguish between two very different realities and just apply common sense policies that allow us to, to, uh, to apply to have, you know, whatever it is that needs to be done to restrict violence and, and allow hunters to, uh, and, and farmers to go out and use their, their guns as they do safely. And let's talk, if we can, Jean, about carbon taxes. Obviously, Quebec, under your leadership, had a, a cap-and-trade program. The Conservatives last time ran on a, a very unique model of a, of a carbon price and ultimately weren't successful on this. I, I've heard you talk about the importance of finding solutions to environmental challenges that aren't rooted in taxation. You've talked even in our chat now about being uh, someone who supports lower taxes. So how do you propose to tackle environmental issues that you have identified identified are important without a carbon tax, if that is your approach. And, and if it's not, what form of a, of a carbon tax would you proceed with? Andrew, I have a long history, as you know, of dealing with this. I was in Rio in 1992 when Canada signed the Climate Change Convention. And uh, when we signed it, we didn't sign it as, and it, we no one thought back then it was to be used as a club to hit the oil and gas industry over the head with. In fact, when I did that, and I'll tell you one fundamental difference on all these policies is if you want to get anything done. When I did that in Rio, Jack uh, McLeod of Suncor, of, uh, no, Shell, was with us. And you cannot make up these policies if you take the oil and gas industry and they're outside of the room or the provinces. And that's what the liberals do. That's what Mr. Trudeau has done. Because you can't operationalize the policies. You can't actually implement them and make them commonsensical if you they're outside of the room that's the difference between the conservatives and the liberals we did conservatives did the montreal protocol on cfc's hcfc's the most successful environmental uh, treaty in the world we did the clean air act on so2 emissions in 1990 very successful so conservatives do things liberals talk i've seen that all my life and on this issue in particular we need to look at the all of the solutions that includes carbon capture and sequestration it includes hydrogen green <coughs> and blue it includes small modular reactors all the list with biofuels and if we're going to put a price on carbon and i think that needs to be looked at as part of the solutions and that's what i did in quebec we did a carbon trading system with california that's working fairly well it has to be provincially driven the provinces have to be at the table. It cannot be a, a, a format or a design that discriminates against rural Canadians. 
who are going to pay overwhelmingly for this. I mean, it's going to hit them. And it can't be a wealth transfer tax. So I, we do these other things. So during this campaign, my challenge <coughs> will be to put forward a format that works. Now, conservatives, this is a challenge, Andrew, as you know. This is going to be a test for us. We have to be able, as a, as a party, to get something that makes sense, resonates, that Canadians understand that it's fairly simple and straightforward. And if we meet that test, we're going to, we're, we're going to form a national government. Last question, last question to you, Jean. Conservatives, three leaders in a row, three elections, have not been able to uh, unseat uh, Justin Trudeau, or I guess the, in the last two, unseat Justin Trudeau. Why are you the guy that can turn that around? I've, I've been tested. I've ran election campaigns. I won three consecutive governments when I was in Quebec in a very tough environment, by the way. And I will have Andrew Lawton running for me in the next election campaign. So, so I see you're not reacting, Andrew. You're not saying no. You couldn't drag me to run again, but... <laughs> I know how to win. And this isn't that the issue also, McCann? I mean, there's a lot of them. You, we've had a great chat about them. But at the end of the day, this party wants to have a national uh, party able to win in every part of the country. I want to put Alberta and Saskatchewan at the table. I've seen it, Andrew. I was there when that, that was the case, and we got big things done. And I'm, I fear for the future of my country when it's so balkanized the way it is now. It, uh, it doesn't have to be that way. And it's, it falls to us, the Conservatives, to change that. There is no fatality in life. There's no fatality in politics. We decide. And, and that's what I'm going to do with this party. Former Quebec Premier and former federal PC leader Jean Charest. Jean, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Thank you very much, Andrew. Hope to talk to you soon. Conservative leadership candidate Jean Charest, thank you very much again. We'll have interviews with all of the candidates as they declare. Roman Babber is coming up. We've got Patrick Brown we've requested an interview with, haven't booked anything yet. But rest assured, we will try to get him and anyone else who may join the race on in the days and weeks ahead. Let me know what you think. You can head on over to tnc.news, follow all the rest of our content, and please do share it. We love it when new people are coming across the work that we're doing. We will talk to you soon. This is The Andrew Lawton Show on True North. Thank you, God bless, and good day to you all. Thanks for listening to The Andrew Lawton Show. Support the program by donating to True North at www.tnc.news.